With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday night. It is May 13th, Friday the 13th, 2022. I welcome you to my program, and here is where we get to take a hard look at the lunacy of the last week and try to make sense of what probably cannot be made sense of. Um, America seems to be in a downward spiral, I wish some adult would get to the controls of this airplane that we seem to be on and pull us out of the dive. Um, it's amazing. Finally, the American people are coming to understand just how screwed up things are. I was watching Fox News this afternoon, this morning, and if I remember the number correctly, it was something like 80%, 80%, that's an astonishing number, of Americans believe that this country is headed in the wrong direction. Now, the only thing I don't understand is what happened to the 20% that don't believe that. Um, inflation through the roof, crime at all-time levels, narcotics flowing unabated into the country, record levels of drug overdoses, murders, um, you name it. <clears throat> There's nothing to point the finger at and say, well, at least, you know, in most administrations, there's negative good news and there's bad news. <clears throat> For the Biden administration, it seems that all we have is bad news and worse news. There is nothing to point the finger at and say, well, thank God, at least they got something right. I hate to say it. And let me be very clear and transparent. I'm a registered Democrat. I'm not being partisan. I'm simply being American. And, you know, what's remarkable to me is that if you look at the polls, and everyone is always looking at the polls, I don't get what this is all about, but okay, we look at the polls, immigration comes in, as it usually does, somewhere in like fifth position. <clears throat> but people are more concerned about inflation, and they're worried about crime, and they're worried about supply chain issues. Well, I'm going to probably shock you, although if you're used to my program and you understand my viewpoint, actually, these are all immigration issues. We don't know how many of the people committing violent crime are criminal aliens who shouldn't be here. But that is a very real possibility. And that's not because I'm attacking the immigrants, as the globalists would claim. Lawful immigrants tend to be more law-abiding than American citizens because they have a lot to lose. They have their green card at stake although not under this administration, uh, I'm willing to bet that if some criminal aliens went out there and raped and murdered and committed mayhem, they'd give them a fast track to citizenship. Because it just seems 
that this administration has got it fast backwards. In fact, it's amazing that, you know, let's defund the police seem to gain traction in the radical left. Defund the police. The criminals are the heroes and the cops are the villains. Where just a couple of weeks before that nonsense started, the cops were the heroes. The first responders were the heroes. From, from hero to zero in a heartbeat because the lunatic left changed the narrative and there were enough idiots willing to march lockstep off the cliff. Uh, it, it astonishes me. Illegal aliens are not the same as immigrants. And it's amazing that all the networks will talk about illegal immigrants because they're afraid to use the word alien because the Ministry of Truth has deemed that term to be hate speech. Legally, the term alien simply means any person not a citizen or national of the United States, period, full stop, where's the insult? That's like saying Charlie is a good friend, but he's not my relative because he doesn't belong to my family. Is that an insult? I don't think so. It's a statement of reality. When we go to other countries, unless we are dual nationals, we are, in their eyes, aliens. Under international law, that's what an alien is, a person from one country who sets foot on the territory of another country. They become an alien. It's not an insult. It doesn't mean you're stupid, you smell bad, you're ugly, you're immoral. It simply means you do not have citizenship in the country in which you are standing. What's the problem? The problem is it provides clarity to the argument that the other side, the globalists, the anarchists, the radical left, <clears throat> the greedy uh, on the right, the Koch brother, brother that used to be brothers, uh, they're all on the same page. Take down the borders because the borders are an impediment to their wealth. Think about Nancy Pelosi, who declared that the border wall was immoral. It was a wall of hate. It was a wall of shame. I keep making this point, but I'll make it again. I will make it as many times as it takes to get it to sink in. The border wall was not designed to stop a single person from entering the United States of America, period. If it did, then it would have blocked off ports of entry. The reason for the border wall is to try to prevent people from getting past the border without being inspected, period. What's unreasonable? When you go to the bank, they have velvet ropes to guide the customers to the next available teller. That's like the border wall. When you go to the football stadium or the baseball park, you don't traipse across the field. You enter the facility through a gate, just like you do at the airport. You go through a gate. You buy a ticket. Maybe they search you. They put you through a metal detector, whatever, in this wacky world to make sure you don't have a weapon. Pardon me. And then you take your seat in the stands and hopefully enjoy the game. Is that anti-fan to require people to not traipse across the field but go through a gate? The gate at the football stadium is like the port of entry on our borders. There is your analogy. How is that a demonstration of hatred for the patrons of the sports event? You go to the movies, you do the same thing. You buy a ticket and you enter through the prescribed entranceway. That's all that we're talking about. Any politician who voted against the border wall was voting for immigration anarchy 
and the entry of massive quantities of narcotics into the United States. There's no other conclusion that you can come to. What upsets me is that nobody on our side, to my knowledge, has ever gone out there and debated Pelosi and said to her, what the hell are you talking about? The border wall isn't about keeping anyone out. It's about creating an orderly system so that everybody who comes in can be screened. If you think it's immoral to make sure murderers, rapists, child molesters, terrorists, and criminals and fugitives don't come into your country, then you're nuts and we should ignore you, maybe put you in a room with padding on the walls. Where is the immorality if someone knocks on your door and you ask who's there? And you look through the peephole and you decide, that guy looks kind of shady, I'm not going to let him in. Is that an act of hatred or an act of survival, self-defense, and common sense? But nobody ever stood up to Pelosi and her lies and her nonsense. Wall of hate. Not really. It's simply a way of making certain that we know who comes into the country to protect innocent people. And by the way, the most likely victims of the crimes committed by transnational criminals are the immigrants who live within the ethnic immigrant communities because that's where these individuals tend to move and set up shop. And it's not just from Latin America because human nature is universal. I don't care what country you come from. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what your religion is. The blood in your veins is red. And every group, every ethnicity, every race, every religion has the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why? Because we are all human beings, and that's how human beings are, good, bad, and ugly. So the idea that protecting your own citizens is immoral is crazy, and it's a big, fat lie. But no one has ever gone after Pelosi for those crazy statements, at least not the right way where they could make it clear to anyone listening that this woman is a liar or deranged or both. Immoral to protect your country? Really? Immoral so that we don't have drugs killing 100,000 people every year just from overdoses? That doesn't include the violence perpetrated by the cartels or the money that goes from the drug trade to China or to the terrorist groups. What's immoral is to do nothing to protect innocent lives. That's what's immoral, that no one ever stands up to Pelosi or the open borders crowd, and we allow them to get away with changing the language, which goes back to Jimmy Carter, who ordered that immigration employees no longer use the term illegal alien to describe illegal aliens. It's Orwellian, and I've been yelling about this being Orwellian and not a matter of political correctness for the longest time, and here we are, this administration, attempting to create the Ministry of Truth. It's wild. But I also want to be clear that simply voting for a Republican is not the solution either. You need to know who in the world you're voting for, because there are Republicans who want a massive amnesty program, for example. Well, once we secure the border, we can have an amnesty. No, we can't. Because we're dealing potentially with 25, 30 million people, no interviews, no field investigations, and then they will have an absolute right to bring in all their minor children and their spouses. Imagine America admitting 100 million immigrant children. Because if we legalize 25 million, and the number could be higher, and if on average they claim four kids each, and the number could be higher, do the math. And and somebody commented on one of my articles at front page where I said that this notion of amnesty should be called the Overwhelm America Act 
years ago, I said they should call it the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act, and somebody commented <clears throat> and said there aren't 100 million children in Latin America that would come here. And that's true. But the people running our border are not only from Latin America. They're from Asia and Africa and the Caribbean and Europe, and you name the place, and they're coming here. Uh, over 100 countries represented by the aliens who have been caught attempting entry into the United States. What does that have to do with Latin America? They're coming through Latin America to get here, but it's only a stop on the on the magical mystery tour that's bringing them to the United States. And I testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee back in 2013 when Obama was in the White House. And I said that Obama's policies had an essence via the starter's pistol for aspiring illegal aliens from all over the world. And for them, the finish line is the border of the United States, because once they get here, they're going to get whatever they want. Well, if it was bad under Obama, look at what Biden has done. Look at what Mayorkas has done. And I've written about Mayorkas, and I talked about him the last time I did my show, <clears throat> about how he is a, a, a zealous opponent of immigration law enforcement, yet he's in charge of DHS. This is lunacy. But imagine when you talk about inflation, what happens when you bring millions of people in who are also now looking to buy food, looking to buy clothing, looking to buy anything, supply and demand. Look at where we are with baby formula. From the reports that were, that were broadcast earlier today, a member of Congress found that the, stock, the, the shelves were fully stocked along the border. The Border Patrol reported that they had no shortage of formula for the illegal alien kids coming into the United States. But American parents don't have the formula for their kids. So what I want you to do after the program is go to Google and just look around. Check out what, what happens when you punch in malnutrition and infants. And what you're going to see is that it does not take too long when you deprive an infant protein and other nutrients that the damage is permanent. Lower IQ, health issues, emotional issues, physical issues, medical issues, permanent. If you want to destroy the next generation of Americans, we are well on our way. 60 Minutes did a report last week. You can go online and see it, and I recommend you do. American children are despondent. Depression is an epidemic. Suicide is at the highest levels. Um, and they said it started before COVID, maybe because of the Internet and social media. God only knows. Maybe because parents want to be their child's best friend, not their parents. There's lots of factors, a lot of moving parts. But the point is that many children are in distress. They are suffering emotional issues on a scale where they're looking for help. And what are we doing? Telling children that their sexuality is fluid. The Army used to say, be all you can be, and now they're being told, be what you want to be. You want to be a man. You want to be a woman. You want to be a boy. You want to be a girl. <clears throat> Do you think? that that kind of nonsense helps children who are facing an emotional crisis to call into question their gender identity. Teenagers with all those raging hormones have all kinds of issues. And you have idiot parents who are willing to give their kids hormones to basically castrate men or, or, or the boys and, and do other things that might be irrevocable, even surgery. 
how do you change the sex of a teenager when the teenager is undergoing all kinds of dynamic forces on them, stresses, emotional problems? Um, what happens when they wake up five, six, eight, ten years and say, gee whiz, wh- wh- why did I change my sex? This isn't right. I really should be a man. Now I'm a woman or vice versa. To America is we're being demoralized. We're being ripped apart. The goal is to pit American against American, critical race theory. I mean, my gosh, look, America has done a lot of things very wrong, as has every country, as has every person. But I don't know of any other country that sought to right the wrongs and to blame people for crimes they did not commit. Maybe their families weren't even American. Uh, You know, we're going to blame everyone for slavery? Really? I don't know anyone who's ever been charged with a crime committed by his or her parents, grandparents, and so forth. But that's what they're doing with critical race theory. Instead of trying to gain equality, this is about equity. And it's funny, (coughs) pardon me, you have these demonstrators over the abortion issue, and they're they're going with the, the slogan, Ruth sent us, meaning Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I can't speak for the late Supreme Court Justice. I think she was an amazing woman. She actually came from my neighborhood, and my kids went to the high school she went to. I was in the moot courtroom that they dedicated to her. Doesn't mean I always agree with her. Justice Scalia didn't always agree with her. She didn't always agree with him, but that's what we do in America. We're entitled to disagree. The food fights that that have become the norm on TV, and they call them news programs, That's not how America functions. We should be able to sit down over a meal and discuss our differences. That's what the First Amendment is supposed to be about. I was going to teach debate on the college level. Debate is intellectual capitalism. You bring your ideas, I bring my ideas, and we allow the audience, if this is a debate, to make the decision of which concepts they want to purchase. Capitalism, freedom of choice, choice ideological choice, okay? Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there's a wonderful documentary about her, fought tirelessly for equality, not equity, equality. A man who could not get Social Security benefits when his wife died and he wanted to be able to stay home to raise his son, um, sued. And she successfully represented him. I, I could certainly understand that situation. I was a single parent. My first wife died when our son was very young. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought for him. She didn't say to him, sorry, Charlie, you got white privilege. I'm not going to help you. That's not who Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. She fought for equality so that everybody, everybody would get equal justice under the law. That's what America is based on. That's why Lady Justice wears a blindfold. So when you have these people marching and screaming, Ruth sent us, I don't think so. And one brilliant woman that I don't know if you folks saw the coverage on Fox News went off on a rip about Amy Comey Barrett and said, who is this woman to deny us abortion when she has two adopted kids and doesn't know what it's like to bring a baby to term as a pregnant woman? Well, do your homework, lady. Ruth, uh, um, Amy Comey Barrett actually had six children of her own and then adopted two more if I have the numbers right. She certainly experienced pregnancy and certainly delivered babies. 
What kind of nonsense? These folks on the other side have lost their minds. We've got to come together as Americans. And you now have the administration saying that they're going to cancel Title 42 to admit even more illegal aliens into the United States. And if you look at the statement from Mayorkas when he went before the Congress, he said the Trump administration dismantled the mechanism so we have no way of dealing with it. What mechanism? He wants to put them all up as guests of the government. Companies coming, folks. Let's prepare the guest room. My goodness gracious. Uh, Immigration fraud was the number one method of entry and embedding for the terrorists. In point of fact, I testified before my very first congressional hearing back on May 20th, 1997. And the topic of the hearing was immigration fraud and visa fraud. And the hearing was predicated on two terror attacks carried out in the United States in 1993 by aliens who gamed the immigration system. Everybody knows that this was the issue that left us vulnerable. And if you read what the 9-11 Commission had to say about it, they're really clear. Uh, And they warned about this whole business about immigration fraud. And and I wrote about it for my recent article for U.S. Incorporated. Let me read this to you. There's a couple of paragraphs. I know I'm being repetitious. Please forgive me. And I hope, by the way, that you'll share the podcast with as many people as you can. We need to have a rational, fact-based conversation. This nonsense of declaring that anybody who wants a secure border is somehow anti-immigrant is a big, fat lie. If you think that drunk drivers should be taken off the road and then they would label you anti-motorist, that would be outrageous. This is about making certain that people who come to the country don't conceal their identities, their affiliations with terrorists or criminal organizations, that they don't pose a threat to our safety. Our borders are our first and last line of defense. So the idea that we're being vilified to simply saying, let's secure the border, make sure that we let people in, they're not going to take our lives, they're not going to harm public health or national security or the jobs and wages of Americans. Go to Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1182. It enumerates all the categories of aliens who should be excluded. So you look at this report, the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel, that begins by saying, pardon me, boy, I can't get rid of this this frog. It is perhaps obvious to state that terrorists cannot plan and carry out attacks in the United States if they're unable to enter the country. Yet prior to September 11, while there were efforts to enhance border security, no agency of the U.S. government thought of border security as a tool in in the counterterrorism arsenal. Indeed, even after 19 hijackers demonstrated the relative ease of obtaining a U.S. visa and gaining admission into the United States, border security still is not considered a cornerstone of national security policy. We believe, for reasons we discussed in the following pages, that it must be made one. And it goes on. It talks about fraud. This isn't just about the Mexican border. And so it's absolutely vital that we understand as a country what we need to do to protect us. And I remember after 9-11, and if you're old enough, you remember all the politicians that stood in front of the cameras and pounded the podium and said, why didn't they connect the dots? Time after time, I've connected the dots. Other people connected the dots. The 9-11 Commission connected the dots. And the Biden administration and Mayorkas and Kamala Harris 
are doing everything they can to go 180 degrees in opposition to the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission, and I want to know why. I want to know why. To me, this is treasonous. Terrorists have entered this country and killed people since 9-11. This isn't a fantasy. Right? So let me read a couple of quick passages. Once terrorists had entered the United States, their next challenge was to find a way to remain here. Their primary method was immigration fraud. For example, Yusuf and Ajaj concocted bogus political asylum stories when they arrived in the United States. Mahmoud Abu Alima, involved in both the World Trade Center and landmark plots, received temporary residence under the Seasonal Agricultural Worker Program after falsely claiming that they picked beans in Florida. Mohammed Salome, who rented the truck used in the bombing, overstayed his tourist visa. He was an illegal alien, folks, right? It goes on and says he then applied for permanent residency under the Agricultural Worker Program, but was rejected. Yad Mahmoud Ishmael, who drove the van containing the bomb, took English language classes at Wichita State University in Kansas on a student visa. After he dropped out, he remained in the United States out of status. Now think about that. An illegal alien rents the truck. Another illegal alien drives the truck. They've set off the bomb. They inflict a half billion dollars in damage to the old trade center, killed six people, injured over a thousand, almost brought the tower down sideways. Their goal was to kill 250,000 people, quarter of a million people. They might have succeeded. And now we're giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens. Why? Why is that allowed? Why is that acceptable? And it endangers every American everywhere in America because once you have a driver's license from any state, you can travel to any other state and rent a truck, rent a car, and carry out an attack. And we've seen motor vehicles used in conjunction with terror attacks all over the world, multiple times in the United States and Europe, car bombs and truck bombs, right? Vehicles used to mow people down. You go to Washington, how many barriers are there against car bombs and truck bombs? Go to downtown, wherever you live, and you'll see those big flower pots. They're not flower pots, really. They, they dress them up. They're barriers against truck bombs and car bombs. But we're giving illegal aliens who are undocumented, which means they can't prove who they are. We're giving them licenses. Why? Think about that. Um, and then here's another one. Terrorists in the 1990s, as well as the September 11th hijackers, needed to find a way to stay in or embed themselves in the United States if their operational plans were to come to fruition. As already discussed, this could be accomplished legally by marrying an American citizen, achieving temporary worker status, which is what DACA is, by the way, temporary worker status, or applying for asylum. That's what most of these aliens with Title 42 are doing. That's what this is all about, folks, applying for asylum. So this says, or applying for asylum after entering. And in many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. Terrorists were free to conduct surveillance, coordinate operations, obtain and receive funding, go to school and learn English, make contacts in the United States, acquire necessary materials, and execute an attack. And this administration has been permitting hundreds of thousands of aliens to flood into our country with no way of knowing knowing who the hell they are. And then they are dispersing them all over the country. They show up for immigration hearings because there's so many of them. The hearing dates are years from now, years from now. And who's going to go look for them if they fail to show up? 
Now, again, I remind you what this said. In many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. In this case, we're now talking years, right? And then it says, this is that statement from the 9-11 Commission staff report, terrorists were free to conduct surveillance, coordinate operations, obtain and receive funding, go to school and learn English, make contacts in the United States, acquire necessary materials, and execute an attack. We are facilitating the entry of people who may well be determined in their minds or whichever way to kill us. How is that in the best interest of America? How does this country provide formula for illegal alien children while American kids are starving and may suffer permanent damage? Do I feel bad for those children coming across the border? Of course I do. They shouldn't be coming and they wouldn't be coming if this administration wasn't welcoming them. You know, a long time ago, I was a regular on the old Lou Dobbs Tonight Show on CNN. And I coined an expression during one of my earliest appearances that was probably plagiarized by I don't know how many, but quite a few. And I said that nobody would break into the amusement park if they couldn't get to go on the rides. And then I came up with the corollary that no one stays in the amusement park at the end of the night when they turn off the lights and shut down the rides, everyone heads for the exit. We are doing everything we can as a country to entice illegal aliens to flood across our borders, and then the government is dispersing them across our entire country, threatening every city, every town, from coast to coast and border to border, to borrow Lou Dobbs' old tagline. What are we doing? Why is nobody stopping this? What does it take to wake up and say, wait a minute, this is wrong. We already admit a million lawful immigrants every year. That's more than the rest of the world combined. They're not even being properly screened. But this is complete nuts. And we've been told about 43 terrorists on the terror watch list. And Jim Jordan was confronting uh, Mayorkas at a recent hearing. And he said, well, where are these terrorists now? Mallorca said, well, some may still be in in custody. Some? Where are the others? I remember not long ago, some fat terrorist was turned loose. The guy was a known terrorist, and the lame excuse was, well, because he's obese, he stands the risk of acquiring COVID, so we didn't want to keep him in custody where he might contract a deadly disease. No, we're going to turn him loose so he can blow up a bunch of Americans. The guy was a known terrorist. Then did anyone bother to think that if the guy commits a suicide by bomb attack, that he's going to kill himself? Put him in jail, at least he's not going to blow up other people, right? I mean, this is madness. Try to get on an airplane and see what you go through. This administration believes that illegal aliens can do no wrong, and this administration believes that Americans can do no right. That's really where we are today. It's absolutely astonishing. So now you ask yourself, what are we doing and why are we doing it? And then if you want to hear another little bit of testimony that's really chilling, and it was interesting because I was on ABC radio a couple of weeks ago when the former congressman Peter King was on. Peter King was actually the chairman of a hearing that was conducted April 17, 2018, by the House Counterterrorism and Intelligence Subcommittee. At the time, he chaired that subcommittee. One of the witnesses who testified was Dr. Emanuel Odolenge. He's with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Nobody at the hearing disagreed with him. Sometimes witnesses disagree, and you have a back and forth. 
Everybody agreed with him completely. And this is what Oda Lange had to say. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks, again, Hezbollah operating throughout Latin America, Hezbollah terrorist organization controlled by Iran. Think about that connection. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Maybe these are the people that Kamala Harris wants to deal with to figure out what the root cause of illegal immigration is about, right? Think about that one. Now think about the former president of Honduras who was just arrested, extradited, charged allegedly with moving over 500 tons of cocaine into the United States. Root cause, sure. And and his statement went on and said, cooperation includes the laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances. Let me just grab a glass of water, forgive me. Hopefully this will help. I know it's got to be irritating to listen to me clearing my throat, and I apologize. Cooperation includes lowering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Now listen to this. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and the efforts, both in Lebanon and overseas, to keep Shia's communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. But this is really where we need to focus. This toxic crime terror nexus, that is Hezbollah and the drug syndicates, human traffickers, that crime terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America. <clears throat> that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. Think of those caravans, and they're going to get a lot bigger very soon. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America, thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists, continent-wide terror infrastructure. That's Latin America. We're talking about terror continent-wide, right? Terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. And you ask yourself, why would they do this? Well, I, I think that part of it is they want to crash the U.S. economy, turn America into a third-world country so that everyone will be dependent on the party of the handout, which is the Democrat Party. They are trying to seize control of our government. This isn't about a a democratic process. This isn't about representative government. And they are ratcheting down on Americans. Think of the Americans declared domestic terrorists because they did to go to the school boards and say, we don't want you to teach our children this garbage known as critical race theory. Now, here's what's really interesting. AOL just published a report. Let me bring that up. This was a a USA Today report that was republished by AOL yesterday. This is May the 12th. And it says the following. Beyond immigration, ICE's massive surveillance system has information on most Americans' reports. says, if this doesn't chill you to the bone, wow. Let me start reading this to you. Your information could end up in the hands of Immigration and Customs Enforcement when you apply for a driver's license drive on the roads, or sign up for utilities, and new reporters found. ICE, that's Immigration and Customs Enforcement, has built a surveillance infrastructure that gives the agency access to data on most people living in the U.S., 
and has gone well beyond its immigration enforcement duties to become a broader domestic surveillance agency, according to an investigation released by Georgetown's Law Center on Privacy and Technology. Quote, surveillance through the Department of Homeland Security is much broader than people realize it is truly a dragnet, unquote, said Dan Bateko, co-author of the report called American Dragnet Data-Driven Deportation in the 21st Century. Based on hundreds of Freedom of Act information requests and a review of ICE spending transactions, the two-year investigation found, and here we go, ICE possesses driver's license information of three out of four adults living in the United States. At least one-third of an adult's driver's licenses have been scanned by the agency with face recognition technology. ICE can locate three and four adults through the utility records, and the agency tracks the movements of cars and cities that are home to nearly three out of four adults. This is nuts. It goes on and says the agency has collected information on millions of Americans and immigrants largely without oversight by tapping private companies and local and state governments, including the Department of Motor Vehicles in some states. Now, think about that. These motor vehicles are giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens, but they're also being used to spy on American citizens. 1984, anybody? This is insanity. And then they go on and says, when states have enacted laws to protect people's privacy, ICE has been able to circumvent the legalization by contact, I'm sorry, the legislation by contracting with private data brokers in Oregon, the report found. Soon after a law was passed to prevent ICE from accessing driver license data, the state's DMV signed on with an agreement to sell records to two data brokers that provided the services to ICE. Now, this is crazy. As an immigration agent, I used to be able to run motor vehicle information off of a license plate. So if we were doing surveillance and we wanted to know who was showing up at a location, we could do it. And New York State said, no, we're not going to share any, any data with ICE. Okay? And this was legitimate purposes. We needed to know who was in the car. And then by then I was working drug investigations. So some of the people we investigated were American citizens. And if you're going to stop a car, you need to know if the person is the subject of a warrant, if perhaps the car is stolen, because car stops are one of the most dangerous things you can do in law enforcement. The car may have weapons. The guy in the car might be on the run. Maybe he just committed a bunch of felonies. Couldn't get it. So what is ICE doing? Not focusing on aliens and focusing on the enforcement of immigration law, but doing surveillance on American citizens. Now, this is absolutely incredible. And it goes on and says that ICE has been weaving a vast surveillance system for more than a decade, according to the report. Its annual spending on surveillance programs has grown fivefold from 2008 to 2021, from $71 million to $388 million a year. This is wild. And this all began when George W. Bush created the Department of Homeland Security. And, in fact, what he did was to violate the Homeland Security Act. I was uh, unofficially having discussions with members of Congress, which is why they called me to testify at something like 17 hearings in the House and Senate. And I said, look, immigration needs to be seamless. The and I talked about the enforcement tripod, the immigration enforcement tripod, when I testified before the, ha the House Immigration Reform Caucus in November of 2001, just a couple of weeks after 9-11. And I said that the way the tripod works is that the immigration inspectors enforce the immigration laws at ports of entry, the border patrol between ports of entry, and the immigration agents and deportation officers 
comprise the third leg and enforce the laws from within the interior. Of course, we've never had meaningful interior enforcement because then you would wind up being able to prosecute bad employers and crooked lawyers. So, you know, you can't control the border at the border. Illegal aliens will succeed in entering if they're willing to be arrested numerous times or willing to stow away on ships or get a visa and disappear. And with the expanding visa waiver program, it makes things more difficult. But then what Bush did was he cut immigration in in half, customs and border protection on one hand, and immigration and customs enforcement on the other, ICE and CBP. And then that made things completely unwieldy, and he folded in agencies that had nothing to do with immigration. INS was a standalone agency, the Immigration and Naturalization Service. That's where I worked for 30 years. And so here, suddenly, it was customs being folded in. It was agriculture being folded in. It was Secret Service being folded in. It was even the Federal Protective Police that protected buildings and TSA, all blended into this hodgepodge to de-emphasize immigration law enforcement. And then you look at a statement that was made by Mayorkas uh, not that long ago. Let me open this up for you, um, if I can find it. Yep. NPR reported, this was um, October 12, 2021. So we're talking about six months ago, let's say. Homeland Security orders ICE to stop mass raids on immigrants' workplaces. These aren't immigrants. They're illegal alien workplaces. But you see how the words confuse the issue. The headline from NPR, Homeland Security Secretary orders ICE to stop mass raids on immigrants' workplaces. We did not arrest immigrants for working illegally. Immigrants are allowed to work legally. When an alien gets a green card, which signifies that they are lawfully admitted for permanent residence, that used to use the initials LPR, lawfully admitted for permanent residence, they are immediately placed on the pathway to U.S. citizenship. An alien who gets a green card in five years can apply to become a citizen if they meet certain criteria. If that alien is married to an American, it only takes three years before they can apply for citizenship. We did not arrest people with green cards for working illegally. That wasn't possible. An alien with a green card could work on virtually any job for which they qualify. But what is the headline? Raids on immigrant workplaces. No, illegal alien workplaces. See how that entirely changes the conversation and the perception of what we're talking about. And Mallorca says, no, 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 they need to be able to work. Labor Department used to run immigration. This was under the administration of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. America was in the the throes of the Great Depression, and he did not want Americans competing with foreign workers for jobs and didn't want foreign workers dragging down the wages for American workers. He wanted everyone working. So it makes sense. Get rid of the illegal workforce. Immigration was moved to the Justice Department during the Second World War when we had saboteurs coming from Germany and, we believe, Japan to blow up facilities in the United States. They said, wait a minute, this is national security. So they moved immigration from labor to justice. And then it was moved to DHS after 9-11, the Department of Homeland Security. So the Department of Homeland Security refuses to enforce laws that were enacted to protect Americans and America. American jobs, American lives, American public health, national security. That's what this is about. 
And Mayorkas even said that if aliens lie on their applications for U.S. citizenship, they will take no action against them because they're Americans and we're going to protect them. Incredible. So then we get to the point about why could it possibly be that Mayorkas and the, the federal government doesn't want to stop illegal aliens from flooding into the country? Well, again, I believe part of it is to crash the economy. But there may be a monetary deal here because apparently they found a way to monetize all these aliens. I wrote an article for U.S. Incorporated. I included the link in my introduction to my show today. I hope you will read my article. Here's the problem. Uh, well, let me begin reading my own article to you, but I hope you'll take the time to read it. Um, well, let me, let me do it this way. Judicial Watch was the foundation for my article. That was the predication. Judicial Watch published a report that was an eye-opener. It's the Corruption Chronicles published by Judicial Watch. <clears throat> and it began by talking about corruption, about how a company was given a no-bid contract. Now, what do I mean by no-bid? Normally, when the government makes a purchase, they have to have three or more estimates from the companies that may want to provide the services or the product so that you get the lowest bidder. If you remember the astronaut Alan Shepard joked when he asked how it felt to be an astronaut, his answer was something to the effect that, well, think about it, sitting on top of a rocket made by the lowest bidder. And I know if I had to get a car repair, a government car repair, <clears throat> I was compelled to go to three or more service centers and get estimates so that we would pick the lowest bid unless there was a problem with it. But basically, my bosses made that decision. And then they would say, okay, go to, to you know Joe's uh, repair shop because he has the lowest price. Here we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars going to a company. And as it turned out, they did a little digging. This was based on an inspector general report, by the way. This didn't come out of nowhere. <clears throat> but it turned out, number one, that millions of dollars were paid for rooms that we never used to house the illegal aliens. Number two, they found that a former employee of the Biden administration had gone to work for this company. And when this company then applied to be able to provide accommodations to the illegal aliens, they did not have to compete against anyone else. So here's how the Judicial Watch report begins. A nonprofit that hired a Biden official received a huge no-bid government contract that wasted $17 million on unused hotel rooms for illegal immigrants, the federal audit reveals. The politically connected group, which had no experience providing the services covered by the sole source federal contract, also failed to meet COVID-19 health protocols required by the government when the deal was signed. The highly questionable arrangement was executed by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, <clears throat> the Homeland Security Agency responsible for housing migrant families in detention. No, it's actually illegal aliens in detention, but here we go. The agency typically uses Family Residential Centers, or FRC, to house family units, but in early 2021, ICE anticipated increased apprehensions of illegal immigrant families along the southern border and awarded a contract to harbor them. And that is a good term. Harboring is illegal, by the way. To harbor them in hotels while completing intake processing, orders from the Department of Homeland Security Inspector General explains in a recent report. 
The group that received the lucrative no-bid contract, no-bid award, Endeavors, had never provided, never provided beds or all-inclusive emergency family residential services when ICE hired it to do so, auditors found. Formerly known as Family Endeavors, the Texas-based nonprofit, I always like that word, nonprofit, uh-huh, claims to passionately, whoops, I just, forgive me, once in a while when you work with a computer, things happen. Okay. Formerly known as Family Endeavors, the Texas-based nonprofit claims to passionately serve vulnerable people in crisis through its innovative, personalized approach. Last year, a national news outlet reported that Endeavors won a colossal $530 million government contract just months after it hired Biden administration official Andrew, Andrew Lorenzo Strait as its senior director for migrant services and federal affairs. The contract is by far the largest ever awarded to the nonprofit, according to the article, and is potentially worth more than one no, I'm sorry, is worth more than 12 times the group's most recent reported annual budget. Lorenzo Strait, a former ICE official who also advised the Biden-Harris transition team on the Department of Homeland Security policy and staffing matters, must have pulled some strings. That's the statement by uh, Judicial Watch. $530 million. <clears throat> And now we're being told if they take down Title 42, how many more are coming? How much more money is going to be funneled either to this outfit or maybe some other outfit that has an inappropriate, potentially inappropriate relationship with the administration, with the government? What are we doing? Flooding America with aliens who may well pose a threat to national security or public safety. <clears throat> and meanwhile, hundreds of millions of dollars are involved. Could this be the motivation? You've got to wonder. You really have to wonder. Because everything that this administration is doing to entice aliens across the border violates the 9-11 Commission. I just read you the sections. What are we doing? How do they get away with this colossal, colossal um, I don't even know what to call it, betrayal? You would think there should be accountability. You would think. I remember when I was an agent, one of our bosses used to always remind us after a meeting <clears throat> that as federal agents, it was not enough that we not engage in wrongdoing, but that we must never even give the illusion of doing wrong. What does this look like to you folks? $530 million government contract, no competition, to an outfit that never did this sort of work before, and we're told that they were innovative? Really? $17 million paid for rooms that were never used. <clears throat> and now Mayorkas is jumping up and down, sounding more like the guy at the front desk of a hotel than the guardian of our borders and our national security. It is, after all, called the Department of Homeland Security. But I did predict back on December 7th, 2020, before Biden was sworn in, that he mentioned that Mayorkas was going to be his appointee for DHS. I said that under... Mayorkas, DHS would certainly become the Department of Homeland Surrender. Are we there yet? This is the level of betrayal. <clears throat> and think of the impact this is having on America. 
they are melting the entire immigration system. It's not just the Mexican border. We keep hearing crisis on the border. This is a crisis for all of America. When the immigration courts are so backed up that hearings are being set aside for three, four, five, six years from now, it's pointless. You arrest an illegal alien, and now he's going to be told, come back for a hearing in uh, the year 2026, 2027. When? When? And what happens if he's a criminal and meanwhile, or he's a terrorist and he carries out an attack? He's wandering around the country, wandering around the country freely. Why? Why on earth would you do that when you know we're living in a very dangerous era, when we have record quantities of narcotics flooding into the country? By the way, just think about it. I don't see any commercials warning people about drug use. They have great commercials about cigarettes that have been very effective. Because I believe that the politicians who voted against the border wall want the drugs flowing into America because that money is washing, literally laundering through real estate, Wall Street, the banking industry, high-end auto sales, high-end jewelry sales. There's tons of money to be made here, folks. At what cost? I I truly believe that we are at the point that this administration needs a new cabinet-level official. I think they need to have the official auctioneer. You know, what do I bid for the future of America? What do we bid for national security? What do we bid for the future of American children? They clearly don't give a rat's tail about American kids or the future of our country, because if they did, they would never be doing this. The damage they're doing is irreparable. When you flood the country with tens of millions of illegal aliens, the dangers are off the chart. 19 hijackers on 9-11 killed more people than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor. And if you want to talk about the environment, I wrote a piece for Front Page Magazine not that long ago where I said that if they want to have any kind of an immigration bill, it should be, must be preceded by an environmental impact study, because every person who's here needs more than a pillow to sleep on. They need food. They need water. They need electricity. They need sewerage, transportation. They need infrastructure. If they're children, they need education. How in the world could America cope with the deficits we already have to educate 100 million kids if we legalize 25 million illegal aliens and they bring in 100 million kids? By law, they have to go to school. What would this do to inflation? What would this do to the environment? We have shortages already in water out west, and it's getting worse. The drought, ever more serious. And if you go online and do a little digging, you'll find that the average person needs a minimum of 100 gallons of water every day. Bring in a million people, 100 million gallons of water per day. 100 million gallons of water per day. 100 per person, we bring in a million. 100 million, and they need... Food, and food requires water for irrigation. How much more water do we need to irrigate the fields? In the middle of a drought, and we're told that because of climate change, it's not going to get better but worse. Does it make sense to flood America with people while the water supply is drying up? There's an interesting conflict of thoughts. Flooding people, but no water. How does this help the average American? See, that's the question that every politician should be forced to answer by the American people and by journalists if we actually had some of them. Simple question. How is this beneficial for the average American? Why should Americans be happier doing this? 
Why should America be happy that you're providing formula to illegal alien kids while American children are starving and may suffer irreparable damage because they don't have access to the vital nutrients that are in formula? Do you give food to your neighbor down the block while you put your own children to bed hungry? What kind of a parent would do that? If you did that as a parent, child welfare would take your children from you, and rightfully so. This administration has no problem doing that. Let the American kids starve while we treat the illegals first with first-rate treatment? This is nuts. If this doesn't qualify as a massive betrayal, I want someone to explain the word betrayal. The Constitution of the United States, Article 4, Section 4, that the states that the states are to be provided with a Republican form of government to protect it against invasion and domestic violence. Is this not an invasion? So when you hear people jumping up and down talking about what's constitutional, start with Article 4, Section 4, and the invasion of our country. And no, I'm not being anti-immigrant, because the true immigrants are suffering right along with us and on top of it, because these folks that are doing this to us are lying about the language, people are presuming that all immigrants are here in violation of law, and that's not the case at all. That is a lie. And it's unfair to lawful immigrants to make no distinction between legal versus illegal. It's outrageous. And what we don't know is how many violent crimes are being committed by people who shouldn't be here. I know that when I was assigned to DEA intelligence, I did an analysis of arrest statistics, and I was horrified. This was in the late 80s, early 90s. I was horrified that back then, 30% of people being arrested by the DEA task force with serious drug trafficking crimes <coughs> were foreign-born. In New York, it was double that. Back then... 60%, 60% of the people we were arresting for drugs and major crimes involving uh, violence, firearms, and so forth, were foreign-born. So when you hear this nonsense, oh, the immigrants are law-abiding. No, lawful immigrants are. They don't want to lose that green card. It means everything to them. Illegal aliens have nothing to lose. And with this administration, they're being encouraged. And with the insanity of supposed bail reform and criminal justice reform, the criminals are being turned loose, and everyone else is suffering. Backwards world, the criminals are the victims, and the victims, expendable, I guess. What would uh, Abraham Lincoln think when he talked about a government of the people, by the people, and for the people? I'd like to know what people this government thinks it's representing, because sure as hell they're not representing the best interests of the average American. It's the best government money can buy and that was the reason for the title of my recent article please read it please share it with as many people as you can it's really important we really need to get everyone to understand what's happening <clears throat> and when you look at all these other issues whether it's inflation whether it's the environment whether it's crime immigration is a major factor but no one's connecting that dot today either it's time we all connected those dots We've got to be fearless about this. Uh, let's talk about the truth with one another and not allow this ministry of truth so-called to dictate what we can or can't say or can or can't think. Let's remember, folks, that democracy is not a spectator sport. 
I thank you for joining me. I hope this information is helpful to you. Again, please share it. Go to my website, michaelcutler.net. Go to frontpagemag.com, usinc.org, usinc.org is where my articles are. And I hope you'll join me again next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be well. Stay safe. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.